Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to Kirsty and Briny's Comfort Zone. I'm Kirsty. And I am Briny. And today, we are not <gasps> alone. We are We've not. brought in reinforcements today. On account of, if you can hear, we're both slightly bugged up. We so are. we have a, a wonderful friend to the rescue. We have the fabulous Mark Humes from High Rollers. Bop, 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 bop. I'm here <laughs> to save the day. Hello. My inner hero, hero has been summoned. Yes, exactly. Like Gandalf. Yeah. Appearing no, on the crest of the hill. Honestly, <laughs> I would gladly be I would gladly be the Gandalf to your Frodo and Sam. Um, that is I, I would definitely be very pleased with that role. I'd prefer to be Aragorn, but I'd be I'd happily be Gandalf. How are you uh, opening two doors at once? Really good, actually. Really okay, good. Especially nice. if you've got big dramatic music behind me. Like, I think I could nail that. <laughs> All right, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> and if I grow my hair out and just get really dirty, just go live in the woods for a while and just roll around <laughs> in some mud, and then I'll come and open the door dramatically. The beacons are lit! Perfect. <laughs> I'll be Gandalf. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, you can be wait, Gandalf. but what, what type of Gandalf are you going to be? Well... Well, are you Gandalf Big Naturals, or are you? I mean, I could be. I could Gandalf be. the beige. Ooh. <laughs> Very cozy, homely, sort of, you know, uh, found in Ikea Gandalf. Oh my god, Ikea Gandalf. Now I'm just picturing a Gandalf in yellow and blue. <laughs> what, like Swedish Gandalf? Yeah. And he holds Gandalf? like a giant Allen key instead of a star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey. In the scene where he's like looking through the books, it's just him looking through blueprints trying to manuals, find the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the fourth day of the third age, Isildur tried to build a Billy bookcase. Uh, do, do be warned, I am going to do probably do. There'll be lots of dumb impressions if you allow me. So if you trigger, trigger yeah, the right it. keywords, we allow then, it. yeah. I'm like the Mancurian well, candidate. Is... If you say the wrong keywords, I just do impressions. <laughs> This is this is our comfort zone, and if your comfort zone is is your impressions, that we encourage it. Exactly, we indulge. Nice, good, <laughs> good to know. I will keep that in mind. Did you say we dulge or indulge? We dulge. Indulge. We, we dulge. We dulge. We dulge in. If, if you allow someone to indulge, are you dulging them? Oh. <laughs> 
because it's that funny, isn't it? It's like uh, there's a load of the words where they we don't use we have a word for like the negative of it, but we don't use the the positive word for it. I think I saw a QI clip on this. It was like uh, you know very few people. What was it? It was like, it's like uh, uh, whelmed and yeah, overwhelmed, overwhelmed, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't really it's say whelmed, whelmed anymore, do we? Mm. Wait, is that genuinely a thing? Is that yeah? Is I'm that... pretty sure whelmed oh. is. Yeah. yeah, there was a bunch of them. I, I wish I could remember some. I'm whelmed. I'm feeling whelmed. <laughs> Just whelmed. Just lovely. The ones whelmed. that always get me are the ones where oh, when you can't think of an example, like when adding something in front of the word doesn't make a difference, like like flammable and inflammable. Inflammable. Yeah. 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 You're like. Why? <laughs> why does why? this not mean opposite? <laughs> I think flammable and inflammable because they used to use flammable uh, and then people were like, it's too confusing. So they started using inflammable or what? something instead or something like that, I think. It's got um, it, it, to be the other way around, way around, right? Yeah, maybe it was the other way around. Because inflammable sounds implies like... implies that it, it isn't... You yeah. can't set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was that way around. It was that way around. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, oh dear. dear and that's oh dear. something you don't want to have confusion about either. No. That no. feels like it's that's, very important yeah. to know <laughs> which way it's is. leaning. I feel like there were some issues before they made that decision. Yeah. What is the opposite of flammable? Uh, is there a word for it? It's not inflammable. <laughs> My brain's going blank. Oh, I do words. It? I write things. I should be I should know this. Wait, what does Fire, is it like fire retardant? Is yeah. That? Fire, yeah, yeah, fire I retardant think so. is what we would use. But I don't, that not, doesn't sound a... as cool as inflammable. No. <laughs> there's there's, there's got to be another one. I'm sure there is like a Un cooler burny. sounding word. <laughs> Unburning. Non-firing. Inburnable. <laughs> inburnable. I like inburnable. Um... Inburnable. <laughs> yeah. Well... Today, how have we already got so off track? This is this is two people with a cold and one person with a wild imagination. Well, yeah, somebody who is notoriously bad. Well, not bad at interviews, but I talk a lot. Like often, whenever I've done like interviews or podcasts or appeared on stuff, other people rarely get a word in because <laughs> I'm just like somebody will ask me a question. And I think it's the ADD where I'll, somebody will ask me a question, and then that's like twenty minutes, and there'll be like five different topics that I'll cover in that question. <laughs> Yeah, um, so. she's used to that. That's fine. Yeah, good. We <laughs> love that here so many times. We love a ramble. Well, there was a, an episode we did the other day where I think we started talking about dreams within ten minutes, and everyone was just like, "What the heck? What yeah. are these people? What is, what what is, is going on?" This isn't the, the cozy report that I I want to be involved in. <laughs> Why aren't you talking about dicks and Gandalf big naturals? <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, we're obviously glad to hear to to hear you have anyway. This is this is the level I'm functioning on today. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to hear you have. Um, but also, Kirsty's dreams have abandoned her. They have. Um, they have. My dreams have just been very tiny little bits. You know, when you have like mm -hmm. old dreams, I've been just having these random things where it's like. Alex's dad was Martin Crane from Frasier and he was disappointed in me and that's the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's Amazing. nothing there. So um yeah, we're especially grateful to have you <laughs> here today. That said, I did have a dream last night about 
What? What? About me? Yeah. Well, I say last night, I think it's because I I woke up uh, like half eight and then I went back to sleep. (laughs) I think you were, I think you were just normal old Mark. I think we were just hanging out. Well, it was only a short one and I think it happened like after waking up and going back to sleep. So it was just one Mm. of those really light sleepy dreams. But all that happened was me, you and Katie Morrison were sitting Mm. just like out in the open on some sort of round seat. I guess it was kind of, it, it looked like a, what do you call them in, in playgrounds that spin? Is it a roundabout? I don't know. But the little Once things. You had to like run alongside. Yeah, one spin. of those. Yeah. But it was, it didn't have like the, it just looked sort of like a flat one of those and we were sitting on it. And a kid came up to us and he was saying to Katie, you were sort of sitting behind me like on the outside edge of this round seat. Mm. Uh, and Katie was to my right. And he was saying to Katie, could I be a god in the next season of Erois? Please. <laughs> Please let me. And Katie was being really nice. And I was just sitting there going, no. <laughs> I like as well the fact that it is our campaign of High Rolls, which is now ended. the last campaign. Yeah, literally. Like, like, we've this, already moved on. We've moved on and this child wants one. to join. And Katie, yeah, Katie was being sure really kid. lovely. And I was like, oh, I'm being mean. I should, I should stop being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you something Kirsty if that was a real life situation I would have 100% been with you and I would have just told that kid no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but yeah that was it that was literally Aww. the whole thing I guess that I was, was just half asleep and very wary of the fact that I had to wake up to record wait Kirsty were you secretly the child do you want to be oh, a god no. in the next <laughs> oh my god let me be a god in the next eros <laughs> subconsciously you're trying to like uh, yeah the kid represents your inner child that oh you've my god away. no maybe maybe or like the kid is the one testing the waters saying like oh yeah. what would the general yeah if they let him be? in I'm gonna be like hey Mark <laughs> <laughs> what about uh <laughs> Oh dear, no. But yeah, that was it. In the current uh, campaign, in the new setting that we're doing in Althea, one of the the kind of religious beliefs is that anybody can become a sort of god or demigod. They can ascend to Ah. a divine sainthood. So in theory, Kirsty, in theory, if I could be bribed enough, there could be a divine saint uh, (laughs) that you have uh, had some involvement in. But, uh, (gasps) you know, I have to wait and see. Oh my God. Oh my god! Oh my god! Speaking <laughs> of campaigns and such, have dreams ever played a part in any of your like writing or uh, oh, like how you've approached no. things? Is oh. this is this when I admit to this? Uh oh! Is this oh. right? Nothing to do with high rollers, and it's it's probably going to be quite embarrassing for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't want um, uh, people to. <laughs> Right. Okay. I yes. the The answer to this question is yes. Uh, but it has nothing to do with D anD. d It was to do with writing, like um, okay, fiction writing. Um, and it is in fact the only time since I was a kid, since I was a teenager, because that doesn't count. I have written fan fiction as an adult, and it was because I woke up from a dream that was so vivid and crystal clear and laid out the entire plot of this story. And I woke up and I was like, I have to write this down. Like this is, it's so vivid. It's so clear. I have to write this down. 
Um, and so, and I was living with my parents out in Spain at the time. I just, um, I was in between jobs and I'd gone to stay with my parents for a while and I had nothing else to do. And I spent two days just at the laptop smashing like a 50,000 word fan fiction out. Oh my God. Well, it, it was maybe less than that. It was maybe more like 30,000, but it was, it was a lot. It was like, you know, quite a lot of words in like two days. And I just absolutely bombed this thing out. And I keep in mind, I have never told anybody about this. Oh this, my is, God. this is a, this is an exclusive. Oh. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the story because I don't want people to find it. Right. So uh, you published it. <laughs> oh, did you like publish it under a pseudonym? It's been published in a place under a name, but I'm not going to reveal okay. any of that information. It's Hark Mumes. It's, no. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, search for that. Yeah, that's fine. But it, 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 was in, it was in fact a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fanfiction. <laughs> of my favourite my favorite characters and my favourite ship, Rarity and Applejack. And uh, it was, uh, I had this whole ass story in a dream and I was like, I must write this. <laughs> I just went oh and gosh. absolutely smashed it out. Um, um, and it was good. I liked it. It was fun. It was a fun little story. Um, when you yeah. had the dream, was it like, was it, were you sort of part of it? Was it like first person or were you just watching this happen? It was like I was watching like an episode or like a movie. Like I dreamed it as a, like, like I was watching an episode of the show. That's and I so have cool. that quite yeah. a lot with my dreams. Like only like whenever I do have dreams, which isn't super often. And I'll get back to that in a minute. Cause Brian has been hassling me to come on the podcast for a long time. <laughs> but, um, sometimes it'll be like first person and it'll be me there but often it's like third person where i'm watching myself or i'm watching people that aren't me at all like uh, some of my dreams just don't have me at all in them but like quite often even when it is of myself which is the case of the dream that i have brought with me today uh it was almost like i'm watching my body from out of my body um yeah. But yeah, in this in this case for my my fan fiction writing, it was uh, like watching an episode, and I was like, "Oh, so good!" <laughs> I need to write it down. Yeah, uh, yeah. You dream the That's same so the way good. I do. I yeah. I rarely yeah. have first person dreams, and it's usually yeah. like a movie, if anything. Yeah, yeah. The rare times that I have first person dreams is they're often either nightmares or stress or like something horrible happens. And I had a very, very bad one, um, which actually I still remember, which was incredibly vivid um, because it took place in my bedroom. It was like a one to one replication of my bedroom and my 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 house. And uh, some people broke in and I woke up just as they basically like came up to me and like were going to fight me or basically or or hit me or something like that. And I woke up and it's the first time ever. You know, when people say in movies or writing like, oh, they woke up in a cold sweat and you know you know their heart racing i've never had that in my life until i had this particular like nightmare stress dream where i woke up and i was like properly like (gasps) like gasping and like you know my sheets were soaked with sweat and stuff because it was like a proper like it was so real um but it was almost all and that was all first person like i remember that being complete and that's why it was so disorientating because it was like i had just woken up in the same room where this awful thing had happened and it was like one-to-one replica um yeah yeah but i have a i have a nicer dream uh to tell you about today um that that was a that was sad dream but this one this one i think i think you guys will get a kick out of it i woke up i said this to briny i i i hadn't i had a dream a long time ago and i was meant to come on the podcast but i lost the notes i wrote it down for it because i I really struggled to remember my dreams yeah um 
And then I think this was last week I had this. I woke up at five in the morning and this dream was so vivid in my brain. I immediately just got my phone and was like, I have to write this down. <laughs> and so at like five in the morning, I'm on my notes app trying to write as much as I could remember. And Yay. then I think I sent Bryony a message on Discord at the same time saying, I have had a dream. <laughs> um, Honestly, the things we put our guests through. Yeah. 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 The amount of people and, that are like, oh, I had a dream at God knows what time and I wrote it down and I've done it and I was thinking yeah. about the podcast the whole time. It's like, oh. Well, it's because I know that if I didn't write it down, I would have absolutely forgotten it. Like, I totally would have forgotten all the little details and little elements to it. And I actually told Nina, my partner Nina, um, about it in the morning and she was like, oh my God, yeah, you have to you have to tell uh, <laughs> Kirsty and Bryony that on the podcast because it's, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. We go on a bit of a journey with it i'm excited to hear it should we, yeah should we, me too should we jump in all right uh story so in, in story t- story time method i am gonna i'm gonna uh kind of do this as uh, in a sort of dming style Ooh. of uh setting the scene um so the dream begins in an arcade uh one of these large expensive arcades loads of different machines of all different types you got like racing machines shooting machines you got classic arcade machines claw machines like silly party games and it just seems to stretch like it, this place is like massive it's almost like las vegas you know the sounds the lights you know all the different noises going on um yeah. and i'm there with nina you're there briny along with some of our oh. other friends like uh helen and trot and uh, and tom hazel and we're all there maybe for a party or something like that um but we're all there we're all playing all these different games and i come across a game uh which is almost like a big set piece that you sort of stand in um and it is virtual bowling so kind of like we bowling but it doesn't have like a controller it just uses the sensors of the machine to like read your body movements and then it shows you a ball on a screen and there's all these kind of wacky crazy effects that go on when you get you know a strike or you know um you, you miss and stuff like that all these kind of you know crazy big screen effects um yeah it also has a big online scoreboard it's like a worldwide super famous game um and uh you know it, you can track and see what everybody's doing i go up uh and, oh and also the game itself and i don't know why I, this was a detail on it but the actual arcade machine of this virtual bowling you actually win prizes but they're weird prizes like it would deposit an entire boba tea or little gacha toys <laughs> yeah right it was like i was like this is the coolest machine ever um and it would like literally deposit them in like a little little box and we're playing everyone's playing these games and then I play the virtual bowling and I am incredibly good at it. Like I am strike, (laughs) strike, strike every single time. And eventually like a crowd starts forming. Like people are like watching me just absolutely smash this game. You guys are all like, wow, we didn't know you were so good at this game. And I was like, yeah, I've played it a couple of times. I think I said something like, yeah, Nina and I played this in Japan once and we play some games and everyone's like cheering and stuff. And then just as like I finish the game and it's like you're nearly a perfect game, right? Like strike, 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 strike. Um, a, a, a couple, a Japanese tourist couple recognize me and they keep calling me sport jacket and they keep <laughs> coming up and they think I'm an American. They're, they're and they're, they're saying to me, you know, I'm, they're just basically like your sport jacket, your sport jacket. And we're all like every, all of us and our friends, we're just like, what, what are you talking about? My name's Mark. What, what sport jacket? And they basically reveal that years ago in that Japan trip, when I had played virtual bowling out in Japan, um, I became semi-famous online and on Japanese YouTube as an unnamed virtual bowling star. (laughs) 
They called me sport jacket because I was wearing a varsity jacket at the time. I was completely unaware of this. Um, and it became like a viral sensation in Japan. And so sport jacket became this like myth of this like virtual bowling game. Um, and I couldn't put my name into the high school because it was a Japanese machine. So it would just read as like X's basically or like one symbol repeated. Um, yeah twist comes into the story at this point um the we leave the arcade nina and i go home after learning about this sport jacket thing and we're kind of talking about it and i start looking up online and it turns out that an american dude had claimed to be sport jacket from the video (gasps) and now tours the pro virtual bowling circuit right exactly like this is the big reveal and he looks quite like me and he wears this varsity jacket that i was wearing in the video it's like you know a kind of generic one um and he he's like famous and like he plays in the pro virtual bowling circuit but none of us really knew about it because it's not as big a thing in england nina and all of you guys encourage me to enter the pro tournament of virtual bowling under a new name and then to reveal that i am the original sport jacket when i win (laughs) the competition um the i enter the competition i fly to america and and the whole and then the dream almost becomes like watching a golf tournament with commentary over the top and it's very kind of soft oh he's got another strike there wonderful job uh, and is that kind of like style right and we watch the tournament brackets going to go through um and as we're playing <laughs> chris trot our friend trot asks me he's like mark why are you so good at this game like what makes you so good at this game and like a sports anime i say it's because i use my imagination to picture like i'm throwing a real ball <laughs> like it was some sort of secret <laughs> anime power that made me so good um, oh i also God. another detail is that i entered the tournament under the new name excalibur wow (laughs) and then it reaches and i get through to the finals up against the imposter sport jacket and then the dream ends and i woke up i never got the final confrontation with sport jacket um or the imposter sport jacket i should say (laughs) and that was the dream that was the dream i woke up and i was like i must write this down (laughs) because it was one of the weirdest dreams i have ever had it's like Like, a sports anime like (laughs) honestly yeah it was 100 percent had that like kind of underdog movie sports anime tone like in the tournament bit it like it's like my dreams zoomed out away from individuals and it's like a montage of this you know the different rounds and the different people involved um and yeah, I can only I, I wrote down that bit that I said to Chuck because it was so stupid that I said it. And I said it with such a purpose. Like, I use my imagination to picture like I'm throwing a real ball. Like I delivered it like such ancient wisdom. Like, and everyone was like, whoa, oh my God, whoa, what a cool power. Like it was that kind of response to it. Um oh yeah and that is that is the the legend of sport jacket i'm so sad that it ended when it ended right exactly like i couldn't believe it i was annoyed when i woke up i was like oh oh, like what happens if you were gonna write the ending 
how would you write it? Well, like any true any true sports thing, you know, like you think about like movies like A Knight's Tale and stuff, right? Like Sport Jacket would discredit me and I would maybe be like temporarily thrown out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they'd, they'd, you know, doctor some evidence that I was cheating or like I'd entered under a false name or something like that. Um, and then it would actually turn out that the owner of Virtual Bowling would recognize me from those years ago as the original Sport Jacket and be like no he can still compete like he's the og he he's allowed to compete for whatever reason and then obviously i would win and you know it would all be exposed you know because you've got to have that classic movie ending right oh yeah Um, everyone cheers yeah there'd be the the sad moment where like i'm kicked out and we're all about to head to the airport to fly home and then you know the little japanese man in the suit who run who owns the game would come running out and he'd be like no stop (laughs) he must play you know the real sport jacket the real sport jacket i know i saw you all those years ago um and then you know we'd get back in the tournament and there'd be a big cheer and you know we'd all probably have like a big buffet dinner i don't know yeah oh my gosh i cannot decide what to look up for this dream i've looked up sports <laughs> no. it's not in there uh bowling i don't think it's that specific. maybe this is it's just incredible i'm just baffled it was very bowling it was it was very much very much bowling um maybe like because it was the whole thing of like my identity got taken over mm. like i don't know if that's Ooh. something yeah because that was a big part of it it was like this idea that like i had no idea that i was this famous virtual bowling star and this other person had then claimed to be me um and how we had to expose them we had to like reveal that they were not the original sport jacket i just love how like cohesive it is and and how there was just a running narrative the whole time yeah there was a lot of like you know dream logic where like we suddenly went from the arcade and there was no travel to like going home and looking up online it just almost immediately happened there was you know in my memory i didn't have any kind of like travel Mm -hmm. uh montages or anything like that but then we did have the weird tournament montage (laughs) of like (laughs) watching all these different fake bowling people like in this virtual you know arcade machine um very strange i wonder like how was it because obviously you do get recognized a lot Mm. as yourself in the the real world and how how was it when that first started happening because i wonder if that is sort of part of it of like remembering when the first time someone would have recognized you would just be like oh they know who i am well i mean it's still weird to me even today like you know occasionally we'll be out somewhere um and somebody will just kind of come in fact actually i think the last time it happened was um nina and i went to watch the super bowl at a bar here in bristol and there was just a guy just a random completely out of nowhere sports fan wearing like i think he was wearing a 49ers jersey just came up and he was like hey are you mark humes from high rollers i was like yeah and he was like i fucking love dnd man and then he just like shook my hand and literally just left and even today i still I still not find it uncomfortable. It's really lovely. It's a lovely thing. It's like a kind of validation and a recognition of like the work I do, right? Like that's a good thing, but it's strange. You know, it's, it's something I never expected to have to do in my life really. 
Um, and the Baldur's Gate 3 game that we did made that worse. Like a lot of people recognize me from that more than oh, anything yeah. else now as well. Yeah. I started seeing clips from that from like being reposted from so many different yeah. accounts. Yeah, I was same. just like, oh my gosh, I know them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's because it's like, you know, the Baldur's Gate cast, obviously they're, they're amazing. And obviously Baldur's Gate 3 is a super popular game. But yeah, it was, we, having that happen was just like a war. <laughs> like this is, this is bigger than I think any of us really expected it to be. Um, but yeah, and uh, so I get a few few people recognize me from that now as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lovely thing. It's just very strange. Yeah. The strangest thing I ever had was the other week, I went to go and get some lunch mm -hmm. <laughs> in town <laughs> and I went to pay for it. And the lady behind the counter just said, this one's on me from, oh. a, from a, a secret fan. And I was oh. just like, what? Oh, that's lovely. That's so nice. That's the nicest thing. <laughs> and I, I had to, I was just there like, I must have just imagined that because that's not something that happens sort of thing. Mm. And then I, I was just like, sorry, what? What? <laughs> Is for me? <laughs> there's something really, there's something really lovely about people paying for like your food, I find. Like it's such a kind of, you it's such a kind of intimate gesture but it's one that strangers can do i had a thing when i was out in um philadelphia once i was out, out there for packs uh, unplugged and um i went to like this uh, they have like a big food market there very very famous food market and inside is like a little diner it was you know very very busy very packed but i went there and got some um breakfast one morning and I got, I just got seated at like the end of a long table. It was like a big table, but I got sat at the end of it because they didn't have anywhere else to put me. And then a family, like a large family came in and they had to be split up to two tables because there wasn't enough. And I, I just happened to say like, oh, hey, like you, you have this long table. Like I'm by myself. I can take one of the small tables. Like, you know, you guys should all be together. You're a family. And yeah. in a very traditional American way, the dad's just like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That's really kind of you, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. And like, I was just like, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, I'm literally just moving a table like it's, you know, not a big thing. And, um, you know, I finished my my food and I went to pay for it. And the the waitress lady was like, no, it's all right. That, that gentleman over there has already, already paid Aww. it for you. Because it was like 20, but, you know, my breakfast was like 20 bucks. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a crazy expensive thing. But he was just like, hey, you know, like you were, you know, pay kindness forward kind of thing. And I was just like, that's really kind that's of you. Thank really you so nice. much. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, there's something about it, isn't it? When somebody pays for food that you've had. I don't know. Yeah. There's something I, I find you really... You know, and that's a really lovely thing. And like the fact that it's a yeah. fan as well for you, Brian, that must have been, you know, even even more special. Yeah, it's a really well, lovely gesture. Yeah. It felt even more special because the last time I was in that particular place, I got mm. to the front of the queue. I was there with Katie mm. and I got to the front of the queue and realized I had left my card on my desk at home. Oh. And I had to turn around and be like, Katie, buy my lunch. I'm so oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, I would have let you panic for longer, but you seem so worried that yeah. I just did it straight away. <laughs> she was like, I would have let you suffer for a bit longer, but <laughs> but no, it was it was cruel. <laughs> but it's because I paid my tax bill and I just left it yeah. on my desk. Yeah. And then it's just reaching into my pocket and being like, Oh uh -oh. no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I found one of my dream cards. I don't think it's that relevant, though. I, I'm struggling with this one. Because <laughs> yes. one that is... I've like, beaten the actor, system. <laughs> <laughs> where it says actor celebrity. Because yeah. I guess you were like a celebrity. In right? this instance, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. And it says... The only bit that I can find that is sort of relevant, it says if you are a supporting actor, because I guess the guy was like, he'd taken 
stolen the role. role. Yeah. It says it may mean you should put yourself centre stage more. Oh. So oh. Okay. Yeah. I guess you should. Uh... But then it also says if you dream you're a celebrity or are intimate with someone famous, this may indicate your desire for greater attention or success. Oh, that, that so does it sound, goes either I, way. It does sound like me, Brownie. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, love, I love attention. Give me more, please. Um, I want to be on the stage. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this, like because I used to, you know, I came from, I come from a theatre background. I was gonna be, I was gonna go to drama school. I was gonna, you know, be a, you know, be an actor. Um, yeah. And um, for a long time, and then I, I ended up working in video games industry and i went back to theater for a bit and we did a lot of like fringe touring and sort of small theater stuff and ever since i came to bristol i haven't really done any of that stuff and i was talking to a friend of mine because uh they're they've just got into a play like a little local kind of production but i was like man i actually really miss doing that theater like stage stuff like i am you know i've gone to see a lot of stage shows and theater musicals recently and i'm just like oh man i really miss that stuff i miss that feeling of yeah. being on the stage yeah and just having a whole audience like captive you know because it's different like people might say oh but you do like a, a stream and that goes out to like thousands of people and i'm like yeah but i can't you can't see them right yep. there's this whole thing of when you're on stage and you just see all these faces looking at you and you've got the lights and it's a really i find it a very empowering feeling i know not everybody does but i love it i'm like yes yes behold my <laughs> art um you know uh and i kind of really miss that so yeah. hopefully part, part hopefully of it could it. have been something like that though you know yeah. like the the need for you know validation yeah, and like being in front of an audience and recognition, and oh, look at me! Look what I've done! I'm sports yeah. jacket. I'm the I'm yeah. the real I'm sports I'm the real guy. Look how good I it's am! Me. Yeah, it's me. I did. I that. think that's probably more likely, right? I think that that sounds like it's kind of hitting hitting the mark. I think, mm. but I guess as well with like what you're known for is essentially like having like this is obviously going to sound as if I'm playing it down a lot but because you do a lot of amazing work but like having fun with your friends is at the core of that and yeah. i guess that you know you were just having a good time bowling and yeah it started off as this like we were out just having a fun time at an arcade yeah yeah it blew up <laughs> yeah yeah this is which like is much, much like high rollers <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. percent is the story of high rollers like we we did not expect high rollers to go for longer than sort of like three four months like we thought like yeah we'll do like three or four months and then nobody will be watching it and they'll replace us on the yogs twitch with something else and then that definitely didn't happen you know it was <laughs> very much that case um yeah. so yeah i think it's definitely probably something built into all of that for sure mm. for sure uh, I'm just happy for me. I I just liked it because I was like, it's like a sports anime. I'm like, it's like I'm in an anime. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's why I like. That's why I'm just sitting here thinking about it, like as if yeah. it was a real anime. I'm like, oh, I'm meant to be talking about this. I'm like, oh, but if <laughs> imagine this roast. scene. It would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do a cheeky Google of what dreams of bowling could mean because bowling <laughs> isn't in the book. But I'm going to look it up anyway. I, it's quite an obscure thing. I was um, talking about like while, while Bryony is Googling's uh, like sports anime, I, I I have a secret love for sports anime. Like it's, um, it's you know, I love my mechs. I love my like superheroes and things like mm -hmm. that. But there is something about like an underdog or like a sports anime that just really gets to me. Like, I yeah. don't know why I find them incredibly compelling and fun. Mm -hmm. I was going to say I, the most recent one I watched was Birdie Wing, which is so ridiculous uh because it is about women's golf right um the main character is a underground criminal golfer what? Uh, 
who basically relies on brute strength to drive the ball as far as possible, <laughs> kind of like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> and they get discovered and they join a pro team because she meets like a professional, very polite, lovely professional female golfer who is better than her and she wants to become her rival. And then they have this whole thing of like going on to like tournaments and everything together. It is so crazy dumb but it's also wonderful at one point in the criminal golfing underworld they encounter an organization who have built an underground facility that can randomize a golf course and they <laughs> use it to play like life or death golf oh my um, god oh my god it is utterly bizarre and bonkers and mad and i loved every second of it <laughs> that sounds amazing um, yeah i was just gonna say i've never watched a sports anime like a proper one as far as mm. i can remember but I, you, I'm always aware of like the next big one, you know, yeah. like cropping up. Like I remember, was it Yuri on Ice when that got big? Yuri on Ice, yeah. And there was, I Haiku. think there was a, yeah. And there's just always one that's at the forefront yeah. of a lot of people's minds. I think, and it's like maybe it's time bowling. What if there was a virtual bowling sports anime? Oh my god! <laughs> Sport jacket, the anime. Get it made. Yeah, just saying. Let's go. What, what a story! Um. I'd be hooked. <laughs> I've, I found. Dreaming of bowling. Okay. And it is oh. quite generic, but maybe maybe it'll stick. I bet it's sexy. <laughs> it's so sexy. Okay. <laughs> uh, it says, Dreaming of bowling symbolizes social interaction, teamwork, and competition. Oh. It may represent your desire to be part of a group or to achieve a common goal. So That's very sexy. Oh, it also <laughs> indicates the ability to balance different aspects of your life. Because I guess you need the ball to go down the middle. Yeah, that sounds like more what I'm looking for, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's definitely, there's a lot of things going on in life and balancing them all is hard. <laughs> it do be. It do be. It do be like that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. that's interesting. Do, Mo, do you find, I'm going to ask you before I forget, mm. um, because you've recently been diagnosed with ADD, Mm. Do you find that medication for that has changed the way you dream? I, I'm in a funny place because I've not been able to consistently stick to my medication ah, um, just okay. because I had uh, it gives me a very bad side effect of really bad insomnia. Um, and so I ended up like I would take it and then, you know, I would not sleep for like a week. You know, I, I'd be going like on like an hour, two hours of sleep like across like four three four days okay um and so i had to stop and then i would kind of go like all right i should get back on it again and stop start stop start and then eventually i just kind of stopped taking mine That's um, fair. but i didn't find like, when i was taking it more regularly um i didn't find it massively changed the way i dream i don't think um i certainly don't remember any changes to it um uh -huh. for me see one of the big things with me and how i have completely stopped dreaming is because of going on to meds for, yeah. for ADHD. Like since I've started taking them, my dreams have just dried up entirely. Yeah. Um, and there was a period of time where I had to stop taking them for like a week and it was like the floodgates had opened. Like it was just like, bam, here come all the dreams. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. Yeah. It's all those thoughts, right? 
all those yeah. intrusive thoughts that don't make their way through because your brain's processing things differently and stuff mm. have like built up and then they get un- unleashed yeah i think because me because like for me specifically as well like i was getting really bad i couldn't stop my brain at night you know because right. uh, the type of medication i was on was very much a stimulant based uh, to help me focus right my my problem wasn't necessarily like the hyperactivity it was more like the executive dysfunction and focusing stuff yeah. so i found that i would lie down to try and sleep and my brain would be like no 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 no, no. we've got a million things we need to do buddy you need to get up and like work on this thing you know so I struggled and so I couldn't I don't know even if I had dreamed I imagine I would have just dreamt of things that I needed to do yeah yeah um, yeah but no that's it, it makes sense though that like yeah if you're on medication that it kind of like clogs it up right because yeah. the part of the medication is to stop you having these you know thoughts constantly barraging the thing is I'm I'm also inattentive um so mm. um yeah, it's just weird. It's just the, the, the medicines seem to affect everyone in a different way. But yeah, I apologize if that's too much information. Like, if you don't want that, and like, we can cut it and whatever. But. No, no, I, I talk about this a lot. Like, I've been very open with my ADD diagnosis, and um, I, I, I'm a very open person. Like, and if, you know, when I do stream, I tend to do like six to seven hour just chatting streams where we talk about everything and anything. And mm-hmm. I've always been very open with it. Like, because uh, I think, like, for me, I only went and got my assessment for ADD because because a friend of mine approached me and said, hey, I've just had this and I know you and I are very, very similar. I really think you should go and get assessed for it. Yeah. Um, and 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 therefore, from that point on, whenever I've talked about it and I've talked to people who I'm like, you and I seem very similar <laughs> like this. If you're interested, you you maybe could go and get an assessment or like get on the list for the NHS, you know, whatever it is. Um because for me, even though I'm not being able to stick to the medication, what has helped me massively is just knowing that it is something that I don't have control over. It is just the yeah. way my brain functions and that there are things that I can do and there are things that I, I can't do or things that I'm good at and things that I'm not good at. Because yes. I used to beat myself up. You know, I'd be like constantly like, you're so lazy. Why can't exactly. you do this? Yeah. And yeah. so knowing that you have a cause actually helps like it doesn't solve it it doesn't help you like not do those things but it just takes some of that pressure and that guilt away um which has been really helpful to me that's exactly Um, what i was gonna say like inattentive like adhd or add mm. like especially one of the big things like growing up and not being diagnosed with it is that you just think you are so incredibly lazy because it's so difficult to do things with the executive dysfunction yeah and and it's frustrating because it's you know i was told growing up in through school and i still think this today is like you know mark would have so much potential or mark has so much potential i still feel that i'm like i know i could achieve so much more if i didn't have this thing um Mm -hmm. and this thing kind of limits me in that way but it's you just find ways around it and you know i want to go back on the medication i want to kind of speak to my doctors about lowering the dosage or trying something different um just because like i i when i did take it my god it was like the world was a different place you know it was (laughs) the executive dysfunction especially like i would be like oh i need to do a thing and I would just do that thing, you know, yeah. whereas what happens now is like, I need to do a thing. Oh, I, I've got all these <laughs> other things. And like, you just physically can't bring yourself to do it, even yeah. though it's such a simple, easy thing to do. It's like trying to put your hand on a hot stove. It's like, yes, definitely. you just, your brain won't let you do it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know what it was like? It was like you just envisioned bowling a bowling ball. <laughs> and just did it. I just Bam. did it. Imagine it. Bam. Bam. That's it. That's the secret power. Um, oh, dear. So funny. <laughs>
Yeah, it's the way that I said it so I remember because as well I wrote down I remember saying it so seriously to Trot and like Trot and everyone else was like wow you can really picture that like as a scene just turning to the camera like sparkles around you just like I I envisioned the bowling ball in my hand (laughs) and then I bowl a perfect strike in the machine absolutely oh my god whilst maintaining eye contact yeah Here's here's a twist, and again, I I have no problem talking about this. Uh, just just in case you guys worry, but like the whole like mistaken identity, like having this person who is pretending to be sporting sports jacket, and then myself kind of having to prove it. I do wonder as well because I've been going to therapy. Uh, I started doing therapy at the end of last year, and one of the big things that I'm talking with my therapist about is identity. Because like for me, mm-hmm. for the last two years, like I've definitely been exploring the idea that uh, my gender identity is maybe not what I thought it was, <laughs> and okay, yeah. um, that I wonder if maybe there could be some elements of that in there with like this idea of like a like an imposter or somebody pretending to be me, and then like you know these thoughts and feelings of like, well, who is me? Who am I? That kind of stuff as yeah. well. No, um, that can easily yeah. be something that plays into it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, that absolutely sounds it like it could also, be the case. Mm. Like when you are a, a streamer or a performer of some sort, I think there can also be that like, because I, whenever I'm streaming, I always think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just being me. I, I don't put mm. on a front or anything. But I think even if it's just the smallest defensive thing, I think even if you are very open and honest, I think you are always going to have a version of you that is that person. And it's not an accurate yeah. representation yeah, of yourself. Sure. Yeah. And in that way, people will think that they know you. Right. Yeah. But the whole parasocial imposter thing. Because like, yeah. you're right in that like, even people who like, I, I would say that I think the three of us are very, our, the, the people that, the person that people see on streams and on videos is very, very simple, like almost identical to who we are in real life. Yeah. But there yeah. is that, you know, 1%, 2%, 5% where you don't show those side of things. Like I can be, you know, I, I, I'm, I've no qualms at showing my grumpy side on a stream, <laughs> But like, I know that there's definitely a a part of me that I don't, you know, there's definitely elements where I'm probably dialing that back or I don't let myself, you know, show that side of myself on a stream. Um, You know, even with people who are very open, which I think the three of us kind of are. But uh, yeah, I think that 100% that could be a big part of it, you know. And there are some streamers who their online personality and their stream personality is completely different to their real life personality. And that can be like a defensive thing. Like they're just like, nope, this is what makes me feel comfortable. Or like it can be something like, um, you know, I think it's one of the wonders of... um, 
VTubing. Like I'm a bit, I follow quite a few VTubers now. And I actually think that that's such a wonderful way of stream because it's like, especially for people who have like bodies, more fear identity issues, like being able to say, well, this animated character is going to represent the kind of me I want to put out into the world. Um, and either be very positive or be very funny or be very flirtatious or whatever mm -hmm. it happens to be because they might not feel that they can do that in real life. Um, and I think that that's yeah. like a, a really lovely thing of that that environment, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Know. Yeah, I, like, I don't... Um, I mean, I do do it semi-often, but usually it's because I'm just like, I can't be on camera today. But when I do use a PNG tuber, it's, I find it so much like more freeing. And like yeah. the amount of times when I thought, God, if I'd have started with this... And like set a precedent. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I think you can transition. Like, And it's funny because it brings up something that happens in LARPing quite a lot as well. Mm. You know, um, there are people at like the LARP I go to, Empire, you have one of the nations is the Imperial Orcs and they all wear these like full latex masks, like these orc masks. Mm -hmm. And they, I've talked to a few of their players now and they say it is so transformative and freeing. Like once that mask goes on, that's like they're the character now like it kind of they can completely transform and it helps them almost become another person right yeah um and i know that with makeup as well like you know doing like a full face of makeup and wig and stuff like that when i when i you know do my playing around my my gender stuff that's the same thing for me as well like it allows me to kind of shun off a part of myself and and let the other part of myself out do you know what i mean like there's yeah. a kind of transformative process to that i, um, I find um Cosplay as well is great mm -hmm. for that. Like I, I've said in the past, like, you know, I, I went to like Comic-Con like every year for like, mm. I don't know, 10 years or whatever, but I've never had as much fun as the time I went in cosplay. Yeah. Um, like uh, the, it's the, the yeah, it's so freeing, and like the getting people again, like looping background, getting people coming up to you, like, oh my god, you're you're dressed as so and so, like they're my favorite character, like I've not seen anyone else dressed as them, and having people like look so happy to have found you is just oh, it's such Aww. a good feeling, it's so good. It's so good. And it's even better when it's um, like younger fans as well. Like mm. I did it where uh, at MCM a few years ago, I went as Rarity from My Little Pony. And two things happened. One, whenever I bumped into another cosplayer who was doing like a human pony like as well, they immediately were like, oh my God, like we had this big kind of like, <laughs> ah, you're so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Let's take photos together. But then also... I had so many like mums and their like daughters Aww. basically like come up and be like, oh, Rarity, can we get a picture kind of thing? Or like, oh, it's her favorite pony and stuff like that. And that that was like a whole other level of that because that yeah. was just like, oh, my God, my heart's melting. And like, you know, when they say like, oh, you, you know, she's my favorite and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> oh, you look so pretty. I'd just be like, <laughs> I'm going to cry. I was Aww. like literally on the verge of like, wow, wow. There's a communal aspect to it as well of like a shared kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Bryony, when you did your worm for the Jingle Cats, did you feel a similar freeing, uh, freeing yes. mentality of being worm, sexy worm? Very much so. Like, even just, like, putting on a, a silly little homemade worm mask, I was like, I could be just the goofy little guy that I want to be right yeah. now. Whereas, yeah, it, it, it can just be. And I think there's also something... Uh, nice about being complimented on something you've done rather than yes. something yeah. you're born with like because someone just coming up to you and being like nice ass sweetheart that's like <laughs> no don't do that whereas if it's like 
wow, I love this costume you've made or this makeup you've done or this, the way you've done your hair, like something like that, that you've actually had control over and is part of yourself shining through rather than just, uh, you know, something you you can't control. You were just born Mm -hmm. with it. It it just means so much more. Uh, Yeah, something you've chosen, right? Like it's because you've made that choice, right? And I think that that can extend to like a physical thing as well. Like I, I have friends, but also myself, like when I've done like my LARP character, for example, and I make a big effort of the makeup and the hair and to look very pretty, but also when, you know, people saying like not even just the complimenting the makeup but just oh you look really pretty that feels important to me because it was a choice i've made it's like not a thing that like i was just given or born with it was i've made the effort or like i've made that choice to do that right i feel empowered by it um so it feels lovely and it feels really good and i think you're right in that if it's a thing you've made you've made that choice this is a thing that you've put time and energy in and you've chosen for yourself um and that makes a huge difference when people Mm -hmm. compliment that yeah, yeah definitely. Because I think that's like more a part of yourself than mm. how you Just, were born. Yeah. To look. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You You're like in complete control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm words bad today. <laughs> no, I think it's good words. It's, it's, it's good, good it's, words. It's good words. Um, <laughs> from a silly dream about bowling. Definitely. I mean, it works yeah. very well. I was also wondering with like the identity thing, like, mm. I've heard people say, when they are diagnosed with uh, things such as, I guess, like ADHD and, mm. you know, those sorts of things, there's a certain level of like breaking your character down because you realize all the things that you've just been that are more like, uh, oh, what's the word? Not coping mechanisms, but, you know, like, masking. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like breaking down those things and actually discovering who you actually are without those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if there's like an element of that coming into play as well of just like 100%. like you say who actually yeah who who am who am who am i yeah, great great I? movie by the way <laughs> great movie um yeah i think so 100 percent, and i think that that's like a big thing that i talk to my therapist about now not just like the gender stuff but also ad add and like my work as a streamer like um i'm pretty sure that she finds it very fascinating the things that we talk about because it's all so heavily tied together um and i think that's why you know you look at who are the people who are streamers right there's a huge high percentage of hot messes but high percentage (laughs) of things like adhd autism uh you know gender identity like there's a there's a much higher variance in the streamers and sort of content creators than i think is in with you know most people that work at a bank or most people that you know you know go and work in like finance or marketing and stuff we're all Um, neurodetergent in here yeah, I think so. And I think that, that it, it goes hand in hand, right, with that, you know, it, it also, and this is something my my psychiatrist said when I was first diagnosed with the ADD, it's like, you've got to remember that for all of the problems it causes you, it also makes you who you are and it makes you good at the things that you're good at and it's where why you're where you are today. Like, it, you know, people say like, you know, I know it's a bit of a cheesy term, but people say like it is a kind of a superpower as well because it does help us be good at the things that you know we now rely on right you know like it makes us able to talk to strangers uh, about things that we're passionate about that's great for streaming right (laughs) like there's i know so many people i have friends like you know normie friends who are like i could not do that at all like the idea of like being on a stream and having to talk about something for that long like i just couldn't do it you know or like um 
people who are afraid to be vulnerable and like show show themselves or show a side of themselves and stuff mm-hmm. like that um the ability to just be creative on the fly or, or also not have any routine like as streamers we're just like <laughs> i'm doing this today and then tomorrow yeah. i've got a stream and then yeah. actually we've got a brand deal and then we're doing a recording for a main channel video like it is there's very little consistency and we know some some streamers obviously their the whole thing is just being consistent and streaming x amount on every day but i think for a lot of content creators there is a lot of variety as well and like i know that that's something i desperately needed yeah. i was very miserable working a nine to five job um it was a good job it was in the games industry it was a really good job it was very well paid but i was still miserable because it was just routine it was just you know day in day out the same things yep. and i was yeah. just going mad <laughs> I, I had like, that too Rah. yeah when i worked my full-time job i found that every morning when i woke up it it, it was as if i was super aware like of myself waking up and being in bed and thinking here we go dreading. again and then yeah, the rest dreading. of the day would fast forward then i'd wake up again and I'd be like right now i yeah. gotta do it again and it was just over and over and over and there was no sort of end to it but having yeah. that freedom to you know do kind of what i want to do and it's like if i need a day off for my mental health i can do that and it's it's yeah. just kind of the even though it's very unpredictable and you know mm. you don't have a steady flow of money all the time it's still Kind of the perfect job for yeah. someone, you know, personally for someone like me, because I can work around my own mental health and I can yeah. set my own schedule and do things that work for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and not 100%. only that as well, but there's always that classic thing that people like uh, neurodivergent people, for instance, they tend to flock together, don't they? Like, there's that thing <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah, the, the, if, if, you know, if you, you see one person with ADD, there's, there's going to be another one, like, you know, within six meters. <laughs> We're like rats. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell as well, like you start talking to somebody and you're like, ah, yes, you are one of my people. Exactly. Um, you know, exactly. Yeah, so uh, for that reason, you end up making such good friends doing it too. Like I've met so yeah. many lovely people since I started streaming and it's just like... If I was still working my my nine to five job, I would not have you know been able to talk to all these lovely people and made so many good yeah. friends you know and, and it's just been and that, pretty good. And just to clarify, I think you know just because I don't want anybody out there kind of thinking that like you know we're <laughs> we're saying anything negative about work. I think I, no I, no not. I, I wish I could be like you know I I've got friends of mine like I said who work nine to five and they are happy and they are thriving and they are doing you know amazing and they love it and they're like I love this I love the fact that this is the way my life is and there's definitely a part of me where it's like man like that sounds really nice you know in a way like yeah. that's such a you know there's there's you know there's uh, there's so many positives to that lifestyle as well. Well, and it just comes down to different different people and what we're yeah. good at and what we're, we're not good at. You know, I think like, you know, I think that finding my way into this career and I'm sure it's the same for you guys as well. Like I have a great love for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I love just talking about the things that I'm passionate about or sharing the things that I'm passionate about with other people. And, and you know, I'm also very happy to to share myself as well i think that that's another thing as a streamer is you know we have these communities and you you have to be willing to like give up a lot of yourself to to people as well yeah um so yeah that's yeah. the thing it's, it's all very personal and everyone has their own preferences mm. like some people would be are absolutely fine to be working a nine-to-five job and then when they get home they get to do whatever the heck they want and they know yeah. the money's coming in and it's perfect and, and yeah like our job isn't perfect either like um yeah. you know it's, it can be very unpredictable and that can be a source of stress yeah. but you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Like you say, and 
I just wanted to say as well, like, you know, my friends who do that nine to five job, their hobbies are their hobbies. They do them for fun. For fun. And yeah. Like, imagine. And, and, you know, but yeah. And like, you know, there's so often it's so dangerous for us in our career to like go like, oh, I've got this new hobby. Yes, I'll make that part of my job now. Yeah. And it's just like, no, keep it as a <laughs> hobby thing. Like, like <laughs> I'm going to play this game I love. I hope everyone doesn't make me hate it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, God, there's this game that I really love, but my chat absolutely hates it. Oh, I guess I won't play it then. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, um, and yeah, that's like a big thing. Like, it's one of the reasons why, like, I stopped doing, like, the mini painting streams because I was like, I need this just for me, guys. Like, this yeah. is my yeah. relaxing time. Like, as as I know that the people really used to enjoy them when I used to do them, but I was like, I need this to just be my thing that I do for me to relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. There's that yeah. thing as well, like, yeah, as someone who is sort of, you know, self-employed, uh, etc. like, when you do do your own things, you kind of feel bad. It's like yeah. sometimes you can oh fall into that gosh, trap yes. where it's like, I'm not working right now. Like, I'm mm -hmm. doing this thing. I could be streaming this. And yep. it's yeah. really, why really... Why am I not making content? Why am I not making content? It's so easy to fall into that trap. And yeah. as a result, I find personally that sometimes I just don't do the things I want to do off stream because mm. I'm like, nope, I'm, I feel bad that I'm not working right now. So I'm just not mm -hmm. going to do it. I'm just going to sit here and wait until I have to stream. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll give myself a day off to sit and feel guilty all yes, day. And exactly. Then, <laughs> just beat myself up and then go back to work. I literally <laughs> talked to my therapist about this this week. Like the conversation we had this week was about what is rest and like all of this yeah. came up and it was just this idea of like being asked like what does rest look like to you and i couldn't answer it i was like i don't know <laughs> yeah. like she's like well what do you do in an evening i'll be like well you know sometimes i'll play a game and i'll have like you know i'll be trying to chat to people on discord and i'll check social media she's like and you're doing all of those things together and i'm like yeah and how many of those things are connected to your work i was like well kind of all of them <laughs> she's like eh, that's not rest then because uh, yeah. you're thinking about work even if you're not working those things are connected to your work right yeah. and so you're not actually resting like you know when do you feel relaxed and the, la the literally the only answer i could give is like oh we went on holiday last year and i spent like a week just reading books by the pool Aww. i felt quite relaxed after that and she was like right so that was completely disconnected from discord and social media and yeah. everything else like maybe yeah. maybe you need to do more of that yeah <laughs> See, like, this is what's got me back into reading recently because i same, remember messaging kirsty a few months ago and just saying i don't know how to relax anymore mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. either just feel guilty or i have to be working yeah and i i, I i've just I, i'm broken i don't know how to do this and now reading books the same way it's just like i it's just me in my yep. little world with whatever yeah. i'm looking at and that's it I really you get, a, you get absorbed into it right like that's the thing i found is like once i get absorbed into the book the rest of the real world sort of like falls away and i'm not yeah. even thinking about it i'm not worrying about it because i'm in the book right i'm in that story or with those characters and it really helps you disconnect from it mm -hmm. um yeah yeah no it's it's so so funny because yeah that's the exact same i basically had the exact same thing of like what what is rest what <laughs> yeah. is relax me no no um because no, no. like you said like the worst for me is when you sit here in an evening and you do nothing and you just feel guilty for it. you're just like oh yeah. god like you just you, you feel like you've achieved nothing but also you're you've not actually rested um and you, you know like oh i could have been working or i should have been doing this or i should have been doing that yeah um but that's the thing alex would say to me like oh what what do you want to do this evening and i would say honestly 
I want to work so that I feel like I've done something. And I was like, that's just so bad (laughs) because you need to have that time of like, but I was like, that was, that was like the only dopamine hit I was getting of like, yeah. you've done work. That's that's success yep. now. Well done yep. you sort of thing. I was like, no, there needs to be something else. Yeah. yeah. I think my equivalent maybe because I don't really read that much, which is bad and I need to, but my equivalent is probably playing Pathfinder on a Sunday because it's so disconnected yeah. from yeah. streaming. Like, you know, people will be like, is this streamed anywhere? It's like, nope. It's no, not, no streaming for anywhere, you know, yeah. and I might go on stream and talk about it and just ramble because I'm constantly thinking well, about different. it, but, yeah. but it's not, I'm not doing it for content, you know, I'm doing yeah. it for fun and like, I'll go to bed and I'll yeah. just think about everything that just happened. And that's like my equivalent of reading a book yeah. and getting engrossed in the, in the story. You know, it's, that's something yeah. that's going to happen every Sunday and exactly. it, it's mine. And yeah, that's, that's well, my rest time. You're getting, <laughs> same, you're getting the same thing out of it as reading. Like you're being transported to another world. You're mm-hmm. having this engaging story that, you know, you're involved with and you're disconnecting from everything else. That's yeah. the main, main thing from it. Definitely. Um, Even yeah. if it's horribly traumatic, Rithian. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I won't go into out. what he did last session. Vrithian. <laughs> see this is i uh, not to turn this into a D thing but like i feel like i am a very nice like people like talk about me like i'm some sort of horrible villain <laughs> for the things i do in high rollers but i look at all of the other gms out there whether they're streamed or whether their friends tell me about the game and i'm like i'm incredibly nice i feel bad yeah. tormenting my players genuinely <laughs> But like, I don't even come close to half the shit that these other GMs are doing. Uh, apologies for my language. I'm like, oh, no, am I allowed to swears? You could um, swears. <laughs> to be fair, I am one of those players that loves drama. And I have said yeah. this to Rithia before we even started our, our campaign. I said to him, just if you want to ruin me, d- ruin me, absolutely. Go <laughs> ahead, please. I love it. I thrive on it. And yeah. he took me up on that. <laughs> Yeah. I you can't and, complain. <laughs> you and Tom are very similar. You and Tom are very similar. But it's good because it's I you know speaking as a GM when a player says that to you it relieves a lot of that guilt and burden because not yeah. every player does love that. A lot of players get very attached to their characters and they do not want bad things to happen to them. Yeah. And that's perfectly valid. That's absolutely a valid way to play as well. Yeah. Um but it's nice when you have players like you and Tom Hazel who are just like fuck me up daddy. Like yep. just go nuts. <laughs> like here's my awful story. Ruin me, make Please. me suffer. Make just me <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love it too. I think it always surprises people a lot because I think people's impression is that I'm gonna want to have like a nice little lovely, character and everything and... is lovely. But one of my favorite things I ever did was I think Tom was the GM and it was mm. like the the sort of Warhammer style of things. And I had this really like proud character. I started off with the real like I'm the hero. I'm saving the day. And I was just broken. Like my leg was literally broken. I was dragging my foot. And I remember like one of the final things we did before we stopped was I literally just crawled into bed with Tasha's character and was just like, can you just hold me? And she was just like disgusted by me, but also just like, oh, fine, fine. <laughs> i was just like uh, warhammer is uh, a great system for that because it is a very brutal game as well like you yes. can't play that game and be like i don't want anything bad to happen to my character because that's a game yeah. where like oh the bad guy got lucky rolling a hit against you you just lost half your teeth that's an actual <laughs> yeah. mechanic in the I game i love you how know? specific it is how it's not just like you take this many damage point sort of thing it's yeah, like it's where like, do you take that damage how does it affect you for the rest of the campaign sort yeah, of thing and if it's you so get good. a crit 
it's like you could lose fingers, you could lose a hand. There's my one of my favorite things in that system is you can for Kirsty mainly this is because I know Brian you've played it well I've run it for you but <laughs> you can attack someone and if they get a critical when they roll to defend right. they can perform a critical injury <gasps> against you oh. and if they got if they roll like a hundred on a d100 they literally can like chop your head off oh my like, god kill you. <laughs> on, on your attack against them they could be Jeez. like ha you're dead I think um, not <laughs> and there's no resurrections or anything like that it's just oh like no no god. no that's it you're dead now yep. um, you gotta bring it back up for game. that one <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's fun because it's like the character character when you make a character you can completely randomize everything, mm. so you can actually just very quickly generate a new character. But it also means that like sometimes you can play an absolutely like you can be a rat catcher or a peasant, uh, <laughs> and you're like I've got I've got my pitchfork and some bronze coins, and that's it. That's your character. That now. sounds perfect. Um, but you can also be like <laughs> I am the Elven Ranger, but that Elven Ranger can just as easily have their head he chopped off. Dies. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and it's fun because I think that playing that kind of game because you know that going in it changes the way of your like well you know you don't expect to win every fight like it's almost you know you're terrified we did a streamed game of Warhammer and I had like set the guys up and like told them and like Tom had played it before um, and was like knew how brutal it was but I think Trot, Kim and Ree hadn't and so we were like really me and Tom were like no it's really brutal really brutal and in the adventure they come across like a group of like these five mutants but the book adventure on the GM side is like yeah the players are going to have surprise against them they're actually not that tough they should win this fight pretty easily as long as they don't like really cock things up but the players didn't know that and so they were like (laughs) five mutants like oh my god we've got like one sword between us like what are we fucking gonna do like they were absolutely bricking it but it meant that they also thought quite creatively of their tactics and like how they approached it and stuff like that as well whereas in something like D&D you'd just be like I charge I fight the five (laughs) mutants chop 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 I win Um, yeah Mm -hmm. So it's very, very good. Not to turn this into a D&D podcast, which no, people keep telling do. me I should do. I, I do it every week. Yeah. yeah. in a way, it is like relevant to your dream again. Yeah, no, it absolutely. Is like you can be someone else. Yeah. You can, like, there are things that you can do when you're playing these like role play. What the, I mean, that is exactly what you're doing. You're role playing. Yeah. And you can explore different elements of yourself, whether that is just to flirt with your friends or to... <laughs> be angry when you can't show your anger a lot you know that stuff i I think is very healthy i think this whole episode has kind of just been based on identity and role-playing games is just one of the best ways to explore that honestly so it is it is incredible the amount of people i speak to today that you know they use role-playing as a safe place to be who they want to be or who they feel they can't be for whatever reason you know that might be somebody who's quite shy and timid and plays a raging barbarian who you know <laughs> has no problem shouting down people that are opposing them because they feel that they are in a place safe enough to do that. Um, yeah, that could be somebody playing a character of a different gender or a different sexuality as a way of testing and seeing how it feels and being more comfortable with that that identity. Yeah, and it's I see so many. I speak to a lot of people who talk about that and have found that experience and i think it's a wonderful thing i think it's i, I it's one of those things where i wish stuff like role playing and dnd was taught in things like schools or like you know was used more as a way of like hey like 
you can use this as a safe place to like try this stuff out it's why it's also yeah. makes me very sad when i hear about like really toxic gms or toxic groups who mm-hmm. don't let you do that because to me i'm just like you are missing out on so, so much, much of the point of these games right like for for everyone as well um yeah, but yeah absolutely yeah like I, I am one of those people as well like i i explored like asexuality with one of my characters mm. and i have a friend in my we have, we have two groups so pathfinder and 5e and in my 5e group one of my friends who is male is playing a female character and mm-hmm. like having a lovely time and yeah it's just really it's such a good way to explore like yeah. just different aspects of yourself and it's just oh, it's so good and it's just yeah i, I, blah, blah, I love it <laughs> I love it too. In short, Yay. I love it. It's great. Yay. We all love it. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think identity is a really good theme for the theme for the whole episode. Mm, all brought is, on yeah. by sport, sport jacket. jacket. Yay! Thank you, sports jacket. Thank you, sport Thank jacket. You sport jacket. The, only the real sports jacket. The though. OG sports jacket, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, not the imposter. Boo! Um, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Well, where can people find you doing all these amazing things? Yeah. Oh, well, the easiest place for people to find me is on on social media. Uh, I generally go by Sherlock Humes, uh, H-U-L-M-E-S, either an underscore in the middle or an underscore at the end or no underscore. It's a little puzzle that you have to solve to find me. (laughs) Which one has it got? Um, These riddles three. Riddles three. Where be the underscore be? Um... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, then also High Rollers, which is my D&D show that we've talked a fair bit about, which you can find High Rollers D&D, uh, Twitch, YouTube, podcast, social media, all of that kind of good stuff as well. Um, and you can see me there every Sunday, 5 p.m. GMT, running our Althea the Dragon Empire campaign. Hell yeah. And then the next campaign with Kirsty as a god. Yeah, yes. the next yes. one, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got to get that little boy in first and then... then oh, yeah, true. No, no, it's, I told him no, it's fine. No. <laughs> no. I'm next, not you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. And thank you so much for having me. amazing dream. If ever there is a part two, I want to hear Or an it. anime if, adaptation. Yeah, I will is. let you know. I will 100% be dialing you up like, Briny, Kirsty, I've seen the end. <gasps> I've had the part two. Sports Jacket's back. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely chatting uh, and, uh, you know, talking about all, all sorts of things. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been really yeah. lovely. Yeah. Well, until next time, everyone. Bye-bye for now. <gasps> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.